Hey, this is Robert Scubble, and we're sitting in a restaurant in Paris. I don't even know where we are. <laughs> it's been that kind of night. <laughs> um, but I'm sitting with the team of Aitley, who is going to launch this afternoon uh, a new platform. And I wanted, well, first of all, I'm sitting with, uh, who am I sitting with? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Uh, I'm Andy Grignan, and uh, we're launching something today. Yeah, but tell me a little bit about what you've done in the past. Well, uh, gosh, uh, I started off back, and I was at Apple for 11 years. And uh, in that time, I got to write uh, Dashboard, uh, which was little widgets, uh, iChat. Uh, and then probably um, probably the biggest one was, was uh, getting to start iPhone with some really smart people. Yeah, who are you sitting with? Uh, other than Sam Levin, we don't need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, my co-founder, uh, Bill Bull. Uh, Bill used to sit down the hallway from me in the iPod. When we were on iPod together, uh, Bill built the, uh, the iPod uh, design team, the UI team for the iPod Classic. And uh, we got to know each other then. Yeah. And he went to Yahoo. I went to Palm uh, to go start uh, something called WebOS. And, uh, and now here we are. So, so wh why is it so hard to explain to people what a platform is? I was thinking about that because I've been trying to explain to my friends what you guys are going to launch this afternoon. It's like, it's like, it, it, it's a thing on your iPad <laughs> uh, yeah. or or on your watch or on your TV, and and it lets you do stuff. <laughs> so. Well, that was you know that's this has always been the problem. This will be now my third platform, right? When we yeah. started iOS. Uh, and then WebOS, it was the same thing, right? When you say, uh, who's iOS? You go to a venture guy or a, um, a regular person, they say, who's this for? Well, who's iOS for? Uh, is it, uh, what do you build with iOS? Well, you can say, well, you make games. Oh, so it's a gaming platform. Well, yeah, and no, right? You can also do productivity apps. You can do anything. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a, you know, a very vague answer. Um, so platforms, by their nature, are difficult to market and sell and, and raise money for. and Because we've gotten accustomed, here's the problem, we've, in the startup community, um, you know, we, we reward the very concise, very specific, very uh, tight, you know, experience or app or service, right? You don't do too many, you focus. Uh, and that I think works for, um, you know, for a lot of companies, but there's still that need uh, for a platform play, right? Because, because what's happened is we have, you know, we've created you know these silos of, of information, and they can be corporate silos like Facebook versus Twitter. Uh, they can be operating system silos like Android versus iOS versus you know Microsoft OS versus whatever. And nobody has the incentive to work with the other one, right? So a platform uh, like what we've been working on allows you to pull all of these together, make everybody uh, play nice, and you put you put the user first instead of instead of what the company wants. You know, this morning to get re ready for my speech, I watched uh, Steve Jobs' uh, introduction of the iPhone, yeah. and he didn't even bring up the platform. <laughs> mm -hmm. he, he was like, it's an iPod, <laughs> and it's a phone <laughs> together. <laughs> and he didn't even mention, oh, you might be able to build apps on it someday. <laughs> no, isn't that great? Because that wasn't the plan. You know, funny, back then when we, when we were getting iOS, the, the biggest concern we had on, on making the phone was destabilizing the, the, the phone part of it. You know, the, the overriding goal for not having an SDK or allowing developers in was because you might be on a phone call and, oh, my gosh, you know, this app just crashed my phone, right? And now how silly does that seem now? Because how often do you really use it? Some people do. But how often do you really use your phone as a phone? 
right? Uh, that thing sits in your pocket uh, all day long. Yeah. And you it's see, still a very important, but it's one percent, five percent. Yeah, like that. yeah. I mean, there's the one percenters, <laughs> but they're the you know people who live on their phone, right? As phone calls, I sit there, I tweet, I do Facebook, I do everything like that, but it ain't making phone calls. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, that's but that's one of the lessons you know that you learn when you're creating because you start off and you make something new. You've got a very specific vision about how it's going to be used, who it's for, and then they do something different with it, and you have to kind of go with it, right? Our first attempt at, at allowing developers in on, on iPhone was uh, was the um, the uh, web SDK, right? So you basically wrote web pages, you know, your apps as, as web pages, and, and that was it. And the developers didn't like that. Uh, so Apple responded and you know, did the right thing, but... So, so this afternoon, what are you guys going to launch? Well, when does this get posted? Now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going to save those details till this afternoon. <laughs> no, you know what? When when we started this company, it was I didn't want to. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I didn't want to build another way to sell sunglasses. Right? There are people who can do that really well, who understand that market. I'm not that guy. Right? We're all guys that have built, you know, big needle-moving platforms and changes, and and that's what we know. Uh, that's I think what we naturally gravitate towards, but. Having all this experience, you know, combined, we got 20 plus years of building this stuff. Having built it the first time, we found and we've learned from the flaws we made. And there's lots of things we can do a lot better. And there are things that people don't even know are possible because we've accustomed them to, to here's the software you get. Uh, and then they don't even think, oh, but I, what if I wanted to do this or that or anything else? You don't get to today. But what if you did? Right, and you can't. Um, you know, our job is to kind of lead the way and show them what's possible, uh, because we make it instant and easy and, and uh, gorgeous. And we've uh, we've now, funny enough, um, you know, we've really polluted this the ecosystem. We've we've now got you got Android. I got an iOS phone. Uh, we've already started that problem. Uh, we now have. And, and 50,000 versions of Android. Each one, yeah. And we've got <laughs> well, now... seven versions of iOS. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. But think about it. But now you've got... Look at this. You've got a phone. We've got tablets. We've got TV. I think TV's going to be really big next year. Uh, but now we've got watches and glasses and, and form factors that you can't really predict. Yeah. When you go to write a piece of software, how do you, as a developer, tie all that together? I don't think anybody's figured that out. Well, we have, I think. We've got an idea on how to, how to do that. But... Yeah. Um, uh, underneath, when when you guys uh, uh, show off Eightly this afternoon, underneath there's a lot of complexity. It, it, it looks very simple, but underneath there's a lot of complexity to make it work it on is. a watch and a phone and a TV and a, a glass oh. or whatever. That is honestly, that is probably that is the hardest problem I think I think any of us have had in all of our years of doing this. I mean, from Bill's perspective, you know, from a design only a design and user experience perspective, that's a really really difficult problem, right? A TV at 10 feet is very different from a tablet, from a phone, uh, just from even hit targets or control and, and all that, and never mind uh, the the software underneath, right? So if you wanted to do something just on the fly, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had some tweets and some Facebook and this, that? Well, today, you have to hire an engineer, a designer, a program manager to figure it out. And that's just for something you wanted to do, you know, to produce today. Yeah. What if I gave that power to you? So you don't have to, you don't even have to think about logic or, or, you know, if it's, you know, that, then do this. No, 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 no. We'll take care of that. So you built the dashboard in the Macintosh, yeah. uh, or your team, you and your team did. And um, yeah. you built 
iOS, which became, mm -hmm. you know, a billion apps or, a, I don't know, a million apps are now on the, um, them, yeah. you know, more than a million apps are on the iPhone yeah. and you built WebOS. So I'm, I'm seeing a career trend here, which is what I, I look at it at entrepreneurs. You know, if you, if you look at, uh, um, you know, Ed Williams at mm -hmm. Twitter, he was doing publishing systems for a decade mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. or at seven years before Twitter came along, right? Yeah. And now he's doing another one, right? Uh, it, it's like he can't stop. <laughs> he's a billionaire and he can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, but I think, you know, that's, that's do what you know. And there's an element of, you know, I'm not a guy that should be starting a company that's, that's changing the way we, we get rides in, in taxis, or, you know, because I don't know that. But I do know platforms. And I do know uh, easy software when I see it. I do know all the mistakes that we've made along the way. You don't know them when you're making them, right? That's the whole point of a mistake, right? You put something out there and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I should have done this. And now you get a chance to, to change that. And then in the course of making those mistakes, you figure, you kind of leapfrog on yourself. You're like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if we were to do this. And part of what our job is uh, is... As a startup, we get to move really fast. We get to do some stupid stuff. We get to do some smart stuff. Uh, we're supposed to fail, right? If we don't fail in some way, we haven't pushed, or we haven't moved the needle far enough, right? That's that's what I think we're supposed to. Big companies, you're supposed to do the safe thing. Hey, I spent a lot of time in big companies, and nobody got fired for, you know, buying Microsoft or doing this or that, right? You know, as a startup, we're supposed to we're supposed to fail, yeah. and we're supposed to think. In two years, what's going to be really cool? In the in the past, platforms have required a new um, a new language underneath them, or like like yeah. uh, at, at Microsoft, uh, they came up with uh, 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 you know the ability for the browser to be dynamic, yeah. right? Yeah. And and that required a lot of programming underneath, and it required a programmer to 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 use it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. Ajax is what I'm thinking of, oh, right. and you know, it's not something my dad will ever know about, you know, but you're, you're trying to make it so that everyday people can do this stuff. Now how do you, what can everyday people do, right? And as a, as a computer guy, I have a very distorted view on what everyday people can do. But when you, you know, you look at your history and you, you spend all this time at companies like Apple and you start to put the lens of, you know, removing your own bias on, oh yeah, everybody knows how to, you know, whip up a little javascript which is by the way why we did dashboard it's like dashboard is a great idea because it brought what we thought at the time were regular people into making stuff for mac os at the time it was objective c and this that and the other and, and to us regular people were people who know how to make web pages and that's that's not true at all right and why are companies like wix really successful because writing html javascript sucks it's really hard regular people can't do that what can you do we've Broken? <laughs> Normal people, by the way. I, uh, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, I worked at uh, uh, when I worked at Microsoft. I worked the support line one day. Yeah. And oh, I, I spent half an hour with a lady, uh, helping her drag an icon across the screen. <laughs> 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 you know. So, yeah. so I, I think that's yeah. the low bar <laughs> or the the bar that a lot of people have. And my dad, you know, my dad, my dad got an iPad the last year, and he's struggling to to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And we think of the iPad as an easy-to-use product, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we still have a lot of room to improve there, right? It, just in terms of an ease of use and, and what you can do. But, but what can you do? If we were to break the problem that we're trying to break down into something that a regular person can do, what if we were to turn it into a card game, 
right? You can play bridge or poker or these, that's a, you play a card in your head, you've got a set of rules like, oh, you know, on the turn I can do this, that or the other, right? Or, or I'm trying to hit 21. So the strategy is this, right? So I think regular people can do that. What if we made the ability to create these new experiences uh, as simple as that? And what if we broke it down into a card game? And cards are kind of a new thing, right? So there's Google Cards. On WebOS, we had the cards that you could toss off the screen. What if we use that metaphor but encapsulated much larger building blocks and allowed you to create what you intended to make and not get wrapped up in the semantics of how you make it? You say, I just want a discussion about some pictures. You don't want to get wrapped up in the Twitter API or the Facebook API and and all these other things. What you want to do is I want to have a, I want to talk with my buddies about cats because why not? So how do you enable, you know, I, I, what I do, uh, you, you and I have talked about this in the past in my head, I've got a person that I'm, that I'm building this for. My guy's name is Joey bag of donuts and he's just this guy, you know, he's kind of a middle-aged dude from New York. He has kind of a short temper, but he's got his friends, and they like to watch NASCAR, and he wants to, you know, he's got stuff that he wants to do. And he's got the software that's coming out of Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley, everywhere. And it's not addressing what he wants to do, right? He's got websites. He can go to this and check out the stuff. But what if I made it really simple for Joey Bag of Donuts to go ahead and just do this, that, and the other, go, you know, he just does it and says publish and go to his friends. What do I make? How do I make software for him? And then there are other classes of user, right? I don't have names from you. I think of good names, but yeah. you know, there's like younger. It's, it's interesting. I remember uh, hanging out with Alan Cooper in the in the '90s when he was writing his book about software design, and he talked to me about personas. And you're oh, yeah. you're coming up with cooler names for personas <laughs> than he was. <laughs> <laughs> but right, you have. I mean, you can, everybody can picture. We we use words like hipster, and that immediately you know conjures up you know some just kids slinking off in the corner with a hoodie on, typing on his Mac and writing JavaScript, right? That to me is like the hipster drinking some coffee and uh, but not coffee, like a espresso Espr- with, sorry, yeah, yeah, with like good. fifteen <laughs> variations. <on it. laughs> but what does that person want to do, yeah. right? And and then you go to the you know in the beginning, you know, at Apple it was the proverbial my mom, right? And so my mom, this is so soft, this is so easy. My mom could do this, and that's been a phrase. It's it's been the it's so easy. My mom could do that, but but when you start to dissect, you know, that person, what is what does the mom want to do? Well, in this case. You know, the mom probably, well, by definition, she's got a family. She's got kids. She's got grandparents. She's got, uh, you know, a schedule. Uh, they take a family vacation. And they're trying to keep everybody in the loop. And life, you know, is hard enough. But, you know, trying to keep, you know, grandparents updated as you're hiking through Yosemite with your kids, that's really hard. And what if we made software to enable my mom to do that kind of thing, make her life easier. And better yet, we'll take all the complexity out of it and do stuff that you didn't even know was possible. Like, I didn't even know you could do that. To me, that element of surprise, that's what we strive for when we make new stuff. And platforms are interesting because, you know, at the platform layer, you all you can do is build the building block, right? And and on a Mac, it's an API. Or by, you know, Windows, it's, you know, they're APIs that programmers call. And you have an intent 
when you create that API, you think, oh, you know, people are going to use it for this. You know, they're going to mail checking will be really fast or whatever. You have a specific use. And then you unleash it at an event like Google I.O. or WWDC. And you have 5,000. Or the web. Or the web, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you have 5,000 engineers in a room who are hacking on this new thing you just made. And they come up with stuff that you didn't think was, as the creator of the API, you didn't think it was possible. And that's one of the biggest thrills of doing. It's like the hidden secret. Anybody who works on a platform, they can be maddening and just awful to raise money, awful, all the problems. But the joy is seeing what people can do. So there's only a few times that it's possible to bring a, <coughs> a platform to life. Yeah. And you, you need to have uh, some changes in the underlying infrastructure, you know. Yeah. Uh, Windows came along because we got microprocessors and we got a, a thing that we called the personal computer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the web came along because all of a sudden we were connected. We had a modem, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but remember those modems? <laughs> 14.4 modem. <laughs> My son will have no clue about that world. <laughs> now we have, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, high-speed uh, LTE on your yeah. phone. Yeah. But that that shows you something's changed, right? We have high-speed LTE all of a sudden yeah. on our phone and our tablets and our watches, and, and we have Bluetooth now. And mm-hmm. we uh, Apple just introduced this low-energy Bluetooth radio. Uh, they call it smart Smart Bluetooth beacons, you know, something like that. iBeacons. Well, iBeacons, Apple's version Apple's of thing. it. Right, 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 right. But think about what's happened recently that is just, what's that underment, you know, that fundamental change? We've got cloud uh, resources that are just beyond anything that we could have on our mobile phones and our tablets, right? How do you harness that? And there's always been this trick of how do you build stuff that transcends the device into the cloud and blend it all together? We've got cloud services, you know, like Twitter, the usual characters. But we also have a tremendous amount of resources on our device that give us things like the beacon, that hyperlocality of who's around me. How do you combine that and do some really interesting stuff? And then how do you take that next leap and let regular people do that? And that, I think, is probably one of the coolest next you know, big shifts coming up. One of the things that, that led to all this was we needed to have data, large amounts of data, you know, LTE from our phones to the cloud. Once those infrastructure elements came up, we now have the cloud pieces, we got the data pieces, we got, for all practical purposes, nearly infinite resources on your phone or your tablet. How do you tie it all together? Now, instead of engineers having all the fun at Google I.O. or WWC, how do you open it up to the globe of people who have these things and allow them to express themselves? That's the new, that's the new developer conference, right? It's opening it up to everybody, and it's the great equalizer. Uh, and I think we're going to start to see some just phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Right? People are really creative. Developers are creative. But people have some just wild ideas. Now, what that means is inevitably you're going to disappoint somebody because it's going to be you know, crazy. And, and, and part of you know, where we should be failing, to be honest, is we should be coming up short uh, in terms of not meeting some crazy expectation. Our job then is to meet that expectation. We should be able to make a lot of people happy, but... I'm also interested in who's not happy, right? Yeah. What, what bias did I have as much as I've had all this experience? What bias did I have when we made this that is still too hard or it doesn't do quite the right thing? And then how do we adapt and respond and then very quickly build it? Well, that's for tonight. <laughs> that's for tonight. <laughs>
Actually, uh, so this platform that you're launching, you're, the, we're just doing a sneak peek today, right? You, you, you're, you're launching this next year. This is coming up. The software is going to be available first quarter of 2014. Uh, we're just going to you know, show a little leg today, going to show what's possible, get people thinking about it. Uh, and then we're going to have a, a much deeper um, uh, availability on the software. We have a private beta that's, that's you know, investors and family and, and things like that. We're going to start to open that up. And my 600,000 Facebook yeah, friends and my, my four-something million Google Plus friends, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Invites all around. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I think in terms of making stuff available to everybody, it's going to be that first quarter. And that's going to be, all right, it's in the App Store. Go to it and, and, and let us know. But today, today is all about showing you... I mean, this is the web, right? The the theme of this conference is the next ten years. What are the we the three of us, the founders, have spent the previous ten years of our careers developing the products that we all use today. You know, those fundamental, ground-changing products. We're applying what we know to start developing the next ten years, and what are the things that are going to be the next big changes? And I think. You know, you hit on it with the age of context, the beacon, that hyperlocality. What are those things which feel a little bit like science fiction today, but really they're not. They're not because those elements are starting to be, the iBeacon stuff is starting to be in play today, right? Apple just put them in all their stores or some of their stores, right? And some stadiums are going to put them around. And every iPhone has a, a beacon in it. Isn't that the thing, right? So and now nobody knows that. They don't. So but that's an opportunity for a plat platform maker to come along and say, hey, you have something in your phone. You don't even know it's there. Well, and, and let's let's let you do that something yeah. with that yeah. that you didn't even know was possible, right? Yeah. And we, you know, you and I, we've spent a lot of time talking about ideas around how would you use that concept of this hyperlocality and that personalization? You know, how do you deliver experiences that they aren't just advertising, but it's making your life meaningfully better in some different way? Right, so part of a platform isn't just making software for Joey Bag of Donuts. It's also, you know, for uh, uh, I got to think of the persona, but you know, uh, Bobby businessman. I don't know, you, but small businesses who can also start to utilize this stuff, not just to advertise again, but but to create. My things. brother owns a bar in Virginia, right? It, wouldn't it be cool to have a tablet that, as the bouncer walks up and down the bar, maybe the bar doesn't have a line to get in, but like a nightclub or something like that. But you've got like your VIP who's just always there, and they love the place, but. What if the bouncer had a tablet and just by walking by you in your beacon and your phone is sitting in your pocket doing nothing, but he has this dossier that shows up, been there 22 times, you know, big spender, you know, come with me. You get out of the line. That was not possible or it was possible by facial recognition. And how do you have that level of service and personalization uh, at scale? in different areas of context. This used to be the realm of the Ritz, right? The Ritz used to, is, is just known for delivering these kinds of experiences. Well, they used to have a room at the first Ritz with a, a, a bunch of index cards on every customer, right? And they would write down, oh, this guy likes uh, donuts. <laughs> 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 what are you saying? <laughs> well, no, they used to have, we, uh, you and I talked to the guy that, uh, the guy that runs all the marketing and it, it, for the Ritz. And, and he has, I mean, they're always in the pursuit of that, walking that kind of fine line between it's kind of scary, but also kind of cool, right? So when they you know, look through your trash and they find that you like Snickers bars, and then next time you show up, there's a Snickers bar. Like, that's kind of weird, but it's also pretty cool. And how do you enable that kind of stuff? Now, you cross the line, I'm sure, at some point, but finding out where that line is and 
You know, oh, that's the next 10 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting started, man. Edward Snowden, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that is something to be mindful of, right? We're very careful about, uh, especially this new, it is, it is our absolute paramount responsibility to make sure that, that we're doing the right thing with, with people's privacy and with their data. It's their data, it's not ours, right? This is your data. How do I make sure that it stays that way, and and then I don't use it for, yeah. you know, for some stupid and that and that again, that's the platform's job is to make sure that uh, you have the ability for the person to do what they want, but for the bad guy to not do what they want, right? And that's a that's a hard line to walk, but certainly because uh, OSs in the future are gonna u- use what Google Now is using, right? Yeah. It's gonna if if you could uh, give a platform all access to my stuff. Right. You know, my email, my calendar, you know, my Facebook, my private messages, my Snapchat, everything. You could do a new kind of software, couldn't you? You could. Uh, And you could also, but of course, everybody who's who's like immediately listening, thinking, um, you've got access to all my stuff. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) It means you're Google. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Google already has it, so why can't you have it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I mean, I think that's a. I, I'm. A, I'm. I'm really into privacy myself. Uh, it's funny because I'm. I'm open on Facebook, uh, but I really do. I don't want the wrong thing to happen to my data, yeah. and and more importantly, to it really, it's my. One of the things that happened recently was you know somebody somebody's cookie was compromised on some you know site and, and it allowed some advertiser to spam you know all these people's address books with some with some spam or whatever and and. One hand, that's like, all right, that kind of sucks. But on the other hand, it's really, I just spammed all my friends. And I'm more worried about that personal connection, you know, especially if we just kind of tenuously know each other. And all of a sudden, I'm sending you stuff from a spam. I had nothing to do with it, but I don't want that happening to me, right? And so that's, I think, the downfall. <coughs> yeah. Well, I got to let you go back to work because you have some stuff to finish up. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, we've got some slides and... Yeah, I'm not sure when pencils down really is anymore for for doing this. You know, the the engineer and you when you launch a thing, it's never done, uh, and you want to continue. We've already been having this debate this morning. It's like, well, what if we just make this one more change? It could be really cool, but it could also, by the way, completely destabilize your demo. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you've been there. Yeah, you're in. A, what was that new book you're in? Uh, uh, dogfight. Yeah, dogfight by Fred Vogelstein. Uh, and it, the first three chapters, <laughs> because you were drinking in the audience watching Steve Jobs introduce your product. Right. That was the that honestly. So the, it's actually a funny read. Um, and it, I mean, I'm glad that you know I spent a lot of hours with Fred giving him some of the stories because my recollection over the it's always good to have it kind of fresh when you you know when you tell these stories but i remember you know that drive you know from cupertino up to up to moscone and just like that pit in your stomach and you're just like oh my god what's going to happen and you know the problem is when you build these things you know where the bodies are buried and you know exactly what can happen and so it becomes you know it becomes like that well what if he just does this what if he what if he just misses and hits the next button over and then the whole thing blows up and and you're just sitting there just sweating and miserable and just being all miserable and so what i did was i bought a i bought a a, a liter of scotch and we had a whole bunch of us in that front row, fifth row back. Uh, and after each one of us had finished, or Steve had finished our portion of that demo, you know, whoever was responsible had to take a shot, right? And so it, it couldn't come too soon. As soon as he moved on from the music section, all right, take it. 
and then the grand finale was when he did all of it together, which was where everything could have gone. I mean, it was like the one spot where it could have gone sideways, right? And so here he is playing music, getting directions to Starbucks, ordering 4,000 lattes, doing all this other stuff. And when it ended, yeah, I, I about collapsed. It was just that, that, wow, it worked. All right, get the bottle. And we finished the whole thing. So we left just hammered uh, from that. And it was that culmination of just, you know, years, almost literally years of, of stress and, uh, you know, building up to just awful, you know, not good feelings. But there were some triumphs along the way. Of course it was that. But then to finally have it all unveiled and just out there, you're like, oh, my God. So there's that release, right, of just it's over. But it's not really actually. It's just the beginning, right? Like any good company, any startup as you should know. You know, the announce, like we're doing today, the launch, that's just the beginning. And it's, you know, every milestone along the way, you get money from a venture person. You get another round of funding. Each one of those is just the right to continue that stress and that, you know, <laughs> that, that you've, you've passed, you know, that next, uh, you've re-upped in the game of startup or company or life or whatever you're doing, right? And, uh, and so now we're, uh, we're moving on to that next phase well, today. Good, good luck. Where, where do you learn more about it? Uh, you'll be able to learn more at eightly.com, E-I-G-H-T-L-Y.com. And, um, is there any significance to the name? There is, actually. Um, there's a lot of significance. Uh, we, uh, eight Bill's is- over here <laughs> cringing. <laughs> <Like>, dude! <laughs> there is a lot of significance. I mean, there's a, uh, uh, it's a good luck number in a lot of ways. But when we started thinking about it, a lot of what we're doing as a, as a, as a platform is... Um, we actually do a lot of things in eights. Uh, and it actually, by the way, it stemmed from um, way back when, uh, you know, when I was doing WebOS uh, and even some teams for iPhone. Uh, people work best in small teams. Like eight is kind of a magic number. You know, people say six, eight, ten, whatever. But it's a, there's, a, there's a number where people are most effective. They get the most done. There's no politics. There's, you know, none of that. And that's kind of, you know, a magic number, you know, from not only good luck, but also just a very effective number to work with. It's a good, good number for a team size, too. It's a good number for a team size. I mean, Jeff Bezos <laughs> says, don't have a team bigger than can eat a pizza together, right? Yeah, exactly. That's about eight That's people. eight people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, back to the donuts comment, I can do half a pizza, so <laughs> <laughs> this would be a team size of two. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's that, uh, it, but when we look at Eight Lee as a platform, uh, it's that ability to publish, you know, our cards in groups of eight or publish on the eight. I mean, there's all sorts of really interesting tie-ins. Uh, and I didn't want to have just a generic, you know, bebop, you know, platform. You know, you want to actually come up with something that has, um, you know, some meaning to it and some significance to it. And naming is, I think, tricky any way you cut it, right? I remember when, when we got from marketing uh, the name for WebOS. And we're like, really? Like, that doesn't sound like WebOS. And now... You know, we just take it for granted. And, of course, it's always been WebOS. But when you go from having, you know, these products all launch as a code name, right? And so internally, you know, it's this code name for, you know, an iPhone was purple. Uh, and and the, the code name for iPhone was purple? Yeah, well, so there's a couple, right? Purple was the uh, the name of the user interface layer, right? So purple and uh, 
purple was the first one, P2 was the second one, and, and then they've got other numbers, you know, like, you know, M68 or whatever, and it's a common, that's just the way Apple does theirs, but, uh, you know, other companies do, you know, do their own scheme. Palm, we had our own, you know, we used to give them um, names like Broadway, you know, or, or, or th you know, things like Windsor, um, so you pick a theme, but then what happens is marketing, you know, gets their mitts in there and puts up, you know, a real name, and you're just like, oh, really? Because in your head, it's Broadway. Right, and it seems like such a great name, and now all of a sudden it's been ruined by calling it, you know, the Veer or whatever. Uh, I don't know, naming's tricky, but it's kind of fun. Uh, but then after it's out, it's just always been that way. I'm sure, you know, Twitter was an interesting one. It was TWTR, something yeah. like that, uh, and they kind of fleshed it out over time. But you know, when they launch, he's like, "What's a Twitter?" Yeah. Right, and they spend a lot of time, you know. But now it's just like, "Well, it's Twitter." Like, well, yeah. so. Uh, so 8lee.com? 8lee.com. Uh, site's up. It's just the teaser page today. But put, put your email in there. Put your email in. Sign up for the list. We're going to you know, start uh, opening up a private beta for, for some unlucky souls <laughs> who are going to be subject to, uh, to our misfortune of, of bugs, and, uh, but hopefully some awesome stuff along the way, too. And, and hopefully it'll you know, allow you to bring out your inner creative genius and let you do stuff you never thought possible. Thanks. Thanks so much, man. Yeah,